February 4th, Matthew chapter 23, verses 13 through 39. How terrible it will be for you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you won't let others enter the kingdom of heaven and you won't go in yourselves. Yes, how terrible it will be for you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, for you cross land and sea to make one convert, and then you turn him into twice the son of hell as you yourselves are. Blind guides, how terrible it will be for you! For you say that it means nothing to swear by God's temple you can break that oath. But then you say that it is binding to swear by the gold in the temple. Blind fools! Which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? And you say that to take an oath by the altar can be broken, but to swear by the gifts on the altar is binding. How blind! For which is greater, the gift on the altar or the altar that makes the gift sacred? When you swear by the altar, you are swearing by it and by everything on it. And when you swear by the temple, you are swearing by it and by God who lives in it. And when you swear by heaven, you are swearing by the throne of God and by God who sits on the throne. How terrible it will be for you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest part of your income, but you ignore the important things of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but you should not leave undone the more important things. Blind guides, you strain your water so you won't accidentally swallow a gnat. Then you swallow a camel. How terrible it will be for you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites! You are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees! First, wash the inside of the cup, and then the outside will become clean, too. How terrible it will be for you teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. You try to look like upright people outwardly, but inside... Your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. How terrible it will be for you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites! For you build tombs for the prophets your ancestors killed and decorate the graves of the godly people your ancestors destroyed. Then you say, we never would have joined them in killing the prophets. In saying that, you're accusing yourselves of being the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Go ahead, finish what they started. Snakes, sons of vipers, how will you escape the judgment of hell? I will send you prophets and wise men and teachers of religious law. You will kill some by crucifixion and whip others in your synagogues, chasing them from city to city. As a result... You will become guilty of murdering all the godly people, from righteous Abel to Zechariah, son of Baruchiah, whom you murdered in the temple between the altar and the sanctuary. 
I assure you, all the accumulated judgment of the centuries will break upon the heads of this very generation. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. And now look, your house is left to you empty and desolate. For I tell you this, you will never see me again until you say, Bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. This week's Bible meditation, James 4, 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. God said there's coming a day when I'm going to shake the world. But some things will not be shaken. Some things remain. In other words, there's coming a time when the world will be pressed and there'll be no way out. Those times come in your life, in your home. Tension, friction, financial trouble. You're pressed and there doesn't seem to be a way out there is an answer. There is a way. Jesus said, I am the way. But in the midst of all this changing, there are some things that never change. Think of it a moment. What never changes? The nature of God doesn't change. God hasn't changed. He hasn't changed to adapt himself to our generation. God is unchanging. I am the Lord God, I change not. God is unchanging in His holiness. We're all guilty of coming short of God's holy requirements. And we're all sinners and we're all in need of the grace and mercy of God. And that's why the Lord Jesus came and died on the cross. He died for your sins. He died for mine. And God took your sins and laid them on Christ. God changes not in his holiness and let me tell you because he is our holy god he is also unchanging in his judgment there is a judgment day coming our god is a consuming fire the bible is filled with stories of judgment our lord talked more about hell than he did heaven there is a day of judgment coming god is a holy god and you and i are going to stand there I stand there I'm not going to ask for justice I'm going to ask for mercy I need mercy I need the grace of God I need the forgiveness of God and I want to tell you a wonderful thing God loves you and he offers you tonight forgiveness and he offers you mercy God can forgive every sin you've ever committed God can wipe the slate clean because of Christ. Not because you deserve it. For by grace are ye saved through faith in that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, 
lest any man should boast. You can't work your way to heaven. You can't buy your way to heaven. God is unchanging. He's unchanging in His love. God loves you. That's the most wonderful thing to go to bed with at night, to know that God loves me. God forgives me. God is interested in me. But I must receive Him. Secondly, the Word of God does not change. The grass withereth, and the flower fadeth, but the Word of our God shall stand forever. I settled that a long time ago. There are a lot of things in this Bible I don't understand. There are questions you could ask me that I cannot answer. I don't know all the answers in this book. How can a finite mind like mine comprehend the infinite? I cannot. So one day I opened the Bible and I said, Oh Lord, I accept this as your word by faith. And that settled it from that moment on. When I quote the scriptures, I know that I'm quoting the word of God. It's a living word. And lastly, the way of salvation has not changed. All these centuries, the way to the kingdom of God is exactly the same. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. He will never change. But you must change. Psalm 28, verses 1 through 9. David's enemies were undermining his reputation and his work, so he turned to the Lord with two special requests. Number one, that God would speak to him. And I have to admit, I'm that same way. Aren't you? Don't you want God to speak to you in a way that you'll hear and understand? Maybe not in an audible voice, but uh, the Lord speaking to you in a way that you can clearly discern that it is in fact the Lord who is communicating. And... The other request that God would save him. Yes, Lord, save me. Apart from you, Lord Christ, I can do nothing. Apart from you, Lord, I am nothing. I get to go to heaven completely and totally on the virtue of another person, my Lord Jesus Christ. God speaks to us in answered prayer. If you are silent, David says here, I might just as well be dead. And if you don't deliver me, Lord, you're treating me like the enemy. Ah, some pretty powerful arguments there. Well, God heard him and helped him, and that was cause for rejoicing. He does the same for you and me today as we trust in him. You can rejoice in the Lord even when you cannot rejoice in yourself or your circumstances. Trust God to be your strength, your song, and your salvation. He is the faithful shepherd who can carry both you and your burdens. Psalm 28, verses 1 through 9, a psalm of David. O Lord, you are my rock of safety. Please help me. Don't refuse to answer me. For if you are silent, I might as well give up and die. Listen to my prayer for mercy as I cry out to you for help, as I lift my hands toward your holy sanctuary. 
Don't drag me away with the wicked and those who do evil, those who speak friendly words to their neighbors while planning evil in their hearts. Give them the punishment they so richly deserve. Measure it out in proportion to their wickedness. Pay them back for all their evil deeds. Give them a taste of what they have done to others. They care nothing for what the Lord has done, or for what His hands have made. So He will tear them down like old buildings, and they will never be rebuilt. Praise the Lord, for He has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength, my shield from every danger. I trust in Him with all my heart. He helps me, and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. The Lord protects His people and gives victory to His anointed King. Save your people. Bless Israel, your special possession. Lead them like a shepherd and carry them forever in your arms. Proverbs chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. Follow my advice, my son. Always treasure my commands. Obey them and live. Guard my teachings as your most precious possession. Tie them on your fingers as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Love wisdom like a sister. Make insight a beloved member of your family. Let them hold you back from an affair with an immoral woman, from listening to the flattery of an adulterous woman. 